What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft coffee. I have a cup of Strava Craft coffee with me right now to start this show. And if you want a cup of Strava Craft coffee, use the magical code DNVR20 to get 20% off your first purchase. And then use, make sure to go on to Strava Craft coffee and subscribe and you will save 20% off every single order. And you can have the option of getting your coffee shipped to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks at that 20% off price. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee. It's not only delicious coffee, but it's CBD infused, and that comes with so many benefits, including it helps relieve aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on. Strava Craft Coffee helps ease, including the coffee jitters. So it's a great one-two punch, and we've got a great one-two punch to get you 20% off. So make sure to use DNVR20 on your first order, then subscribe and save, and you'll get 20% off every other order. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, guys, what are you doing differently with your life come spring 2021? And I'm talking about the spring semester, which is just a month away. I've got a few suggestions. Check out MSU Denver online because time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. Go build your toolbox at MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. And some of our own staff members at DNBR have taken classes at, at MSU Denver Online. And they say two things. They say the professors do a great job of building the class around your schedule and that the professors bring the real world into the classroom so you know exactly the tools you need when you graduate. So make sure to check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what's going on? How are you doing on this second day of December? I'm doing fine. My internet connection is doing terrible. A little peek behind the curtain. Uh, we were supposed to go live. My connection would not allow us to do a live show because I kept k getting kicked off uh, and you know seeing the dreaded spinning wheel uh, on, on StreamYard. So apologies. I don't know what's going on. I pay for one gig internet. I pay for that so I can presumably do live shows like, the, like that. So I apologize. Uh, I'm really, I, I think I have to have a conversation with Comcast. Ugh. Well, we're happy that we have you here, Mason. And don't worry <laughs> about that because we're still doing a pod. We're still talking to the people. And Mace, today, well, I should say yesterday was the one-year anniversary of Drew Locke making his first start. Of course, last year on December 1st was the start of Drew Sember in Broncos country. And it started off with a bang with a 23 to 20 win over the Chargers where Drew went out and threw two touchdowns, one interception, 64% completion and got the Broncos the win. It is crazy. We are a year removed from that. And man, how so much has happened in that time. Mace, I saw you put out a very interesting Twitter poll last night. And I wanted, want you to tell me where it stands right now. You, you put out, how do you feel about Drew on this one year of his anniversary of starting for the Broncos? And what were the options and what were the results? Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm actually scrolling through it here. Unfortunately, you caught me in a moment where there was a lot of stuff going on here. So um, 
apologize again. This is, this is just not my day in terms of being able to have a functional connection here. All right. The poll read like this. A year ago today, Drew Locke made his first career start at 2020, uh, 23-20. Broncos went over the Chargers. Given his performance over the last 12 months, do you feel he will be the Broncos' long-term starting quarterback? And right now, and actually I think these are the final results, uh, with, a, with little over 1,700 votes. Don't know, but leaning no has 47%. He definitely won't be is 9%. So that's 56% that are either no or leaning no. And then 39% say they don't know, but leaning yes. And then 5% say he definitely will be. So it's 56-44, either no or leading no uh, in, fa- in, in favor of that as opposed to yes or leaning yes. So. I, I was actually surprised that it was still that high, that it was 44%. I thought it would be a little bit lower than that. Yeah, me too. That, that does surprise me a, a little bit. And so here's what people are looking at when they look at Drew Locke and where he's at right now. That's, he has a 7, uh, or I, I believe a 7-5 a and five record when you take out that Pittsburgh game since he didn't play the whole game. He has 58% completion. 2,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and a 75 passer rating. With those numbers, Mace, I think if you take Drew Locke's name off of that and just put those numbers out, I would have to imagine that people would would be more so on the he's not the future of the team, but we've seen Drew Locke have the flashes. And some of those flashes, and I think what people got really, really excited on, Mace, was the final five games of last season when, of course, Drew Locke goes 4-1. and one. He has seven touchdowns to only three interceptions, a 64% completion, an impressive passer rating for his first five starts. And, Mace, we're looking at five games left in the season, so the exact same amount of time that he had last year. If he has the exact same five games – at the end of this season that he had at the end of last season, Mace, where are we sitting with Drew Locke at the end of the year? Uh, Well, if he has the exact same five games, are we talking about the exact same results of the Broncos going four and one again down the stretch? Let's yes. Let's say that. Okay. Well, four and one down the stretch means that you have at least two wins against these three teams, the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Raiders. Two of those teams are going to win their divisions in all likelihood, unless Miami catches Buffalo. And then the Raiders, even though I know somebody pointed out earlier this week in our comment section that, hey, they're, they have the same record they did last year at this time, uh, a similarly bad loss. I don't think the Raiders are going to fade down the stretch this year like they did last year so four and one an impressive play against uh, a group of teams that includes three playoff teams uh, or or likely playoff teams you'd probably feel pretty good about it even though it would be relative garbage time for the Broncos because I think we can agree at four and seven uh they're not getting back in the playoff race here. I mean, even though mathematically there's a shot realistically, uh, they're not going to be in the postseason conversation unless the NFL somehow has, has to uh, go with eight teams in each conference because, because they can't get the full 16 game schedule in for everybody. And then you have, and then uh, the Broncos kind of sneak in through the back door. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think playoffs, you're right, is out of the question. And, but I do think you make a great point there, Mace, uh, because if they go four and one, it means they either finish four and oh after losing to the Chiefs this week, or it means they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, beat the Raiders, uh, and just drop one game. So, uh, that coupled with the fact of Drew's stats, uh, which was seven touchdowns, three interceptions, an 89 passer rating, 64% completion. I think people are feeling really good, again, about where Drew Locke is. Now, I don't think everyone is sold on him just because of how rough the the beginning of this season has been. But I do think that people uh, are are comfortable with him being the guy, or maybe they bring kind of a second-tier option in, not a Sam Darnold. Uh, but more so of a veteran backup 
maybe like a Ryan Fitzpatrick type, uh, maybe not even someone that good. I do think that if Drew finishes the year the exact same way that he did last year, uh, that, that he is going to be the guy going into next year. So Mace, I have a question for you. What if he has the same stats, but he doesn't have the winning record that he did last year? Uh, I'm less concerned about the record, even though I bring it up. It's interesting. I'm less concerned about the record because, first of all, quarterback wins aren't a stat. And, um, and, second, and second of all, I'm interested in the process of how he gets there. And if he has the exact same stats, how does he get those stats? Are, are those stats involving him seeing the entire field? Are those stats involving him running the scope of the Pat Shermer offense? Or are those stats accumulated – uh, with kind of na- narrowing the field field of vision to where he's not having to read the whole field, but is ro- you know rolling out a lot of the time and kind of compressing it to, to half half the field in front of him, and also just uh, uh, the game plans are they you know are are they looking like the ones of late last year? And if they do, and if they are and the stats are the same, then you're saying well okay he's proven that he can run things at a certain level, but there's uncertainty about whether he can get to uh, to, to the next level. And so pr- process matters as much, at least as much as result. And the other thing to consider is you are facing some good teams and, and that is very, very true, but you're not facing a lot of good defenses here uh, down, mm. down the stretch of, of this season uh, in terms of who the Broncos are going against. I mean, for example, I think when we looked at the schedule when it came out, you looked at Buffalo, for example, and and Buffalo was supposed to be uh, was supposed to be a team that had a very effective de- effective defense, right? Yep. Okay. Buff- Buffalo this year. I mean, Buffalo this year is uh, is given is I believe they are uh, 16th in points allowed so far this season. Mm, and yeah, they that's are, not as good as, as everyone thought. Or, or 17th. And then in total yards allowed, they're 20th. And so, like, just kind of go – if you go through uh, the defenses that are looming for the Broncos in terms of total yards allowed, let's start from – let's start with the Chiefs there. They are uh, 18th. Carolina's 29th. Buffalo is 20th. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are – 11th I was surprised that they were uh, that high and then the lot and then the Las Vegas Raiders are 21st so you're not facing the caliber of defenses that uh, you faced at times at times at times this season wow that that's a very interesting point May so honestly Drew should have some success uh mm-hmm. and and but to me Mace what what scares me about that and what me what it makes me think of is something that Vic Fangio preached a year ago from now, or was uh, a false positive and, and not having that, not wanting to get that. And that boy, just saying those numbers, that's what kind of goes across my mind and, and scares me. Yeah, the, the false positive. I mean, unfortunately, uh, if Drew doesn't turn it around in the next five games, and there's an article that I posted on thedmbr.com that you can read if you're a subscriber – and it gets into the discrepancy on Drew Locke in his first six starts and his last it compared with his last seven and compares that to where uh, to other quarterbacks in the last decade. Like, for example, Drew Locke has the biggest drop-off for, in terms of passer rating in starts one through six uh, to seven through 13, the biggest drop-off of any quarterback in the last decade. Wow. Because he, go, he goes uh, from where he stood after six games, which of course includes week one against uh, the Tennessee Titans. Yep. 90.6. And six then, since then, 63.6. And let me just read off some of the other names that dropped by at least five passer rating points and had ratings like Drew Locke that were between – you know, 100.0 and 80.0. So Drew Locke roughly in the middle of that curve. So these are the other names on that list. Drew Stanton, Colin Kaepernick, Sam Darnold, Case Keenum, 
Trevor Simeon, your boy, Brock Osweiler, Nick Mullins, Kyle Allen, Jake Locker, Carson Wentz, and Colt McCoy. Mm, and, of course, uh, Carson Wentz is having a massive drop-off. Mace, besides Carson, were there any starters, like long-term starters on that list? Well, what's interesting is the two guys who had the best careers were Colin Kaepernick and Carson Wentz. Colin Kaepernick, though, remember after those back-to-back seasons, 12 and 13, of leading the 49ers to the NFC Championship game, remember he had kind of that, that steady decline in 14, 15, and 16. Now, was it enough to have him be out of the league based on on-field performance alone? No but he wasn't performing at the same level in terms of efficiency. And you can go through ESPN QBR. It's, for, it's probably the same thing. He wasn't at the same level that he was early in his career. And then Carson Wentz is not gradual, just falling off a cliff, although his 2019 season was not, not as good as his work in 2017 and uh, in 2018. Although I don't think anybody saw the precipitous drop that he's having this year. But you wonder now, looking back, if there were some signs of an eventual decline for those quarterbacks in what happened when they went from starts one through six to starts seven through 13, when defenses had largely adjusted to that quarterback's skill set. The other name that's on that list that uh, probably rings alarm bells is. Sam Darnold. So if you trade for Sam Darnold and he's your hedge, well, you have two quarterbacks here who are in this group that clearly you don't want to be in. Right. Trending down. That that's not, that's not yeah. where you want to be with your quarterback position, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. Although again, it's, you know, the reason why you kind of focus on, on these starts is to say, okay, uh, was there a sign uh, early in, in, the, in these quarterbacks careers that, uh, because they fell back so much after their first six starts, was there a sign that uh, something was going to be there that eventually was going to catch up with? Right, right. And, and that, that, that's a good point. And it seems pretty doom and gloom right now with it. Uh, but I think the, those numbers are very important to point out. So Mace, what, what does he need to show? What can he show? What could he do in these final five games for you to say, okay, he's the guy, at least going into next year, and the Broncos shouldn't make another move at quarterback. Okay, I, I think we've seen enough to where, unless he is absolutely spectacular, uh, I'm, not, I'm not naming him the guy going into 2021. Now, is he your projected starter? Yes. The guy is like the multi-year answer, the, the franchise quarterback. And I, I don't think what he can do in the next five games is going to be enough to where I say, he is my only option in 2021. Okay. So you are okay. bringing, in, bringing in a hedge. And uh, one of, and, and this is where we get to sort of another interesting thing, is uh, completion percentage. And, and this is, of course, uh, even though Drew Locke, he did very well in the last game, uh, com- he, he even completed a pass that, or against Miami. He completed a pass they didn't want to complete, of course, there, uh, there at the end. But in his last seven starts, Zach, Drew Locke's completion percentage is 54%. And so I also I gave him a bump and said, okay, what if his drop rate is normal? That would only take him to 55.6%. So in the last decade, let me name you the quarterbacks who were below 56% in completion percentage and start 7 through 13. Tim Tebow, Geno Smith, Drew Stanton, Jake Locker, Blake Bortles, Drew Locke, of course, Blaine Gabbert, Colt McCoy, Josh Rosen, Ryan Tannehill, John Skelton, and Deshaun Kaiser. There's only one success story in there, and that is Ryan Tannehill. So can he have the arc of Ryan Tannehill? And and that's that that I think is the question here. And Tannehill started to figure things out. And what's interesting with Tannehill is that kind of like Drew Locke, you know, good tools, good athleticism, uh, but certainly not a polished quarterback. And it did take him quite a while to get going but at the same time if he maybe you want to see some indications that that drew lock can have the long-term ryan Tannehill arc right yeah and, and that that's a that's a really good point and so it, the numbers aren't very good for drew but and pretty much any way you look at the numbers there's typically one or two cases 
that give you hope. Like a Josh Allen, you know, he, he had a similar start to his career as Drew. He turned it around. Uh, pretty much anyone else did not. Ryan Tannehill, he turned it around and obviously is now a franchise quarterback for the Titans. So Drew can do it. And Mace, for, for him to be the guy and the only guy, I agree with you. It's going to be very difficult for him to, uh, to completely have the Broncos forget about the first half of this season. He would have to do something like we talked about, go four and one, but the wins be totally on his back. Uh, but otherwise, Mace, I think you're right. I do think that there's a hedge here. Uh, and so my question to you is, what, what does he need to do to just be part of the quarterback group next, next year? Because I think we both agree if the Broncos go out and they trade for Matthew Stafford, Drew Locke's time as the starter, having a chance, is done. If they go make a move like that, uh, then the Broncos are clearly going in a different direction. Or if they draft a quarterback in the first round, they're going a different direction from Drew. So what does he need to do these final five games uh, to prevent that sort of drastic measure? Okay, he's got to at least throw, I'd say, I'd say probably three more touchdowns than interceptions. He's got to cut the interception rate down in, in general. That is, that is something that is a, that, that's a big concern right now is how, is how his, interception per, his interception percentage has spiked. He, his, it's, his interception percentage in the last seven games is 3.1% percentage points higher than it, than it was in his first six games. So he's got he's to cut the picks. I'm less concerned about the touchdowns. I, even though I mentioned touchdown interception ratio, I'm actually more concerned about, about the picks because he actually has the biggest fall-off in interception rate of any of these young quarterbacks and start seven through thirteen over the last ten years. So he's got to improve that. And if he does, I think you'll I think you'll see the touchdown interception rate look acceptable. And I want to see over the next five games. I want to see him north of sixty percent in terms of completions because I know people focus on the drops, and that's why I incorporated the drop rate into his completion percentage uh, when I was doing that evaluation of the last seven starts because. You say, okay, if he has an average amount of drops, he still has an unacceptable completion percentage. The accuracy isn't there, so he's got to step into his throws. He can't have his made back foot throws, and he's got to be more. Got to be more settled. Take what's take what's there. If he does, I think you'll see him nudge that completion percentage back over sixty percent, which. It's not great, but it's the baseline. If he can't hit the if he can't hit the baseline over the next five games, Zach, then I think you really do have to go in a different direction. Well, especially against these defenses, how they're not very right. good defenses, and how you're you're playing some good offenses. So I think that uh, at times you're going to be seeing some prevent defenses, which should really help with those numbers. And Mace, I agree with you. The baseline, what he has to absolutely do in these last five games, is at least sixty percent completion. And I do think he needs to be at a two-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. If he's at like five touchdowns and four picks, that's not going to be enough to forget what happened at the beginning of this season. Uh, and then I think that, you know, a big John Elway will at least explore a big-time move. Now, if he can't hit on a big-time move, then we will see a hedge brought in. And I think it will be a fairly sizable hedge that, that's brought in. So the bar... Drew doesn't even have to do what he did last year. I think if he does what he did last year uh, at, at the final with seven touchdowns, three interceptions, 64% completion, then I think he's coming back. But I think the Broncos are also bringing someone back. And uh, I think we are at the point, Mace, where he would have to be spectacular for the Broncos to say, okay, we're not making any moves. We're riding Brett Rippon and Drew Locke these final five games. Or I agree 100%. Going into next year. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent with you, Zach. I mean, it's it's got to be spectacular, and uh, the question is, does he have spectacular in him? And that's why when we talk about spectacular, you don't want to get into, into quarterback wins, but the results do matter because if he has some big numbers, but they're coming in garbage time, they're coming like you know. Let's say that uh, his biggest, let, let's say that his most productive game over the next five is against the Chargers and the Chargers get ahead and and it feels a lot and looks a lot like the game that they played uh, on November the 1st. 
So yeah. it's Chargers in prevent and, and dropping dropping seven, dropping them back uh, from from the line of scrimmage, and then uh, and then not getting much of a pass rush because it it wasn't just the dropping seven; it was also not having Joey Bosa out there for a good chunk of the second half after a concussion. So uh, this is why process does matter, even though there are some numbers that you want to see him hit process is going to be at least as important because it is possible that we could see numbers that do like you said earlier reflect that false positive right and that's what you don't want and mesa i think i speak for all of broncos country the best thing is for drew lock to come out and play spectacular you know throw 10 touchdowns and one interception throw for 68 percent completion throw for 250 yards per game that would do it uh, but we are at the point where, man, the sample size is just getting so low, and it's such a bummer that he wasn't out there last week because every game is important. So, obviously, that's the story these last five games, and, boy, does it come with a big test on Sunday night football this week. But, Mace, before we get to the comment section, want to get the DraftKings pick of the weekend right here. And, man, I am on a heater. I've won seven straight. Well, actually, last week I kind of pushed because I'm still waiting on the Steelers game, which, of course, is this afternoon. Uh, But I haven't lost in nearly two months with my pick of the week, and I'm here to give you another one. I'm going back to the winning well with Alabama playing LSU. What was a very good rivalry and a very, very close game is not anymore. Alabama is a 28-and-a-half-point favorite over LSU. And give me Alabama and the points. This year, Alabama is 6-2 against the spread. They have an average winning margin of 30 points. They beat Auburn 42-13, to and LSU lost to Auburn by over 30 points. Alabama beat Mississippi State 41-0. LSU lost to Mississippi State. Alabama beat Texas A&M 52-24. LSU lost to A&M by 13. So I don't think this is going to be close. Nick Saban is going to be back, I believe, and it is going to be rolling. The tide are going to roll all over LSU. Give me Alabama at the 28-and-a-half. Well, believe it or not, Zach, I'm going uh, to a well that uh, let me down last time, and that was picking uh, Wisconsin over Northwestern. That did not work out, but you've got Wisconsin playing against Indiana in Madison on Saturday. On Saturday, And, of course, the big news and the sad news for uh, the Indiana Hoosiers who've had one of the most fun seasons in this dreary college football campaign to date uh, was losing Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback, to a torn ACL. Of course, he had that uh, he had that dramatic run to the pylon uh, early in the season to to uh, finish off what was then an upset at Penn State. Doesn't look like an upset uh, in retrospect. So Indiana is going into Madison without their spiritual leader, without their quarterback. Don't like their chances in this game, even though Wisconsin is giving fourteen and a half points to the Hoosiers. I'm taking Wisconsin to cover. Yeah, I like that, Mace. That that seems like a good one. And Mace, speaking of DraftKings, for, to put your picks of the week in, why not download DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app? And I'm talking a little bit of football, but it's also college basketball season, and there's so much to bet on, including a top-ranked matchup this weekend with Gonzaga and Baylor going head-to-head for what could be the nation's top ranking and DraftKings Sportsbook is the best place to get in on all the action because they're giving college basketball fans who sign up now the chance to win $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor in this week's big game. Plus, you'll get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So head to the App Store now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code DNVR when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's all you have to do to turn $1 into $100. Use promo code DNVR during sign-up to take advantage of these great offers. For a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
Yeah, you know, I almost gave a basketball pick here for, uh, for my pick of the week because you've got uh, the, the Maui Invitational Championship, of course, Wednesday afternoon, and Maui Invitational this year being played in Asheville, North Carolina at uh, what is now known as the Harris Cherokee Casino Civic Center in downtown Nashville. And uh, Asheville's, a, I call it the boulder of the Blue Ridge. And so someone like Bill Walton, who's calling the games, fits right in there and uh, is talking about mushrooms during the broadcast and all that. But my pick of the week was nearly going to be Texas over North Carolina in the final of the Maui Invitational because for whatever reason, Texas has Carolina's number. Carolina's a one-point favorite, but the Longhorns have won eight of the last nine in the series. Mm. It's crazy for whatever reason. doesn't matter how, what level of teams are, are, even where the game is, Texas has Carolina's number. So that's uh, a little bonus pick of the week for you. But, yeah, college basketball is popping. I'm sure I'll have some college hoop picks for you all in the next few weeks. Yeah, and man, Mace, that, that's an interesting one. I would have never thought that. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, only me knows stuff that ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> I, I digress. Win or lose, uh, you're going you're gonna to want to have a good time. You're going to want to have a nice drink. You're going to want to have something from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, of course. And uh, Breck's got something really awesome going on uh, over at their facility, their brewery facility in Littleton. It's right off Santa Fe. And of course, the farmhouse restaurant is down there as well. But at their brewery, they've got an an awesome skating rink set up right outside of the farmhouse. If you want to skate, it's $3 if you bring your own blades, $6 if you rent skates. So you get a little taste of winter, a taste of winter magic, winter fun. We're looking for activities that we can do with social distancing and do safely. We want to be outside even though it's cold. And so take advantage of that. They've even got a tubing hill over there by the farmhouse, and it's free. So you've got your kids. They're bouncing off the walls. They're in Zoom school right now. You're trying to find something to do that is fun, safe, and outdoors. Go check out what they've got going on over at the farmhouse at Breckenridge Brewery's facility, Breckenridge Brewery's facility over in Littleton. You can, if you're a parent, go enjoy some beers and delicious food in a cozy outdoor setup and let your kids enjoy some winter wonderland fun. And of course, at the farmhouse, if you just want to order some food, give them a call at 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. and you can take out your order and you can get some beer as well and use that magical code DNVR and get $5 off your meal. They'll bring your order right out to your car for you of course if you just want to go to the store and get a 15 can sampler check it out you can find you, you can get plenty of places throughout colorado and beyond and uh, you can order it through drizzly as well if you want breck brews anywhere in this country check out the breck beer locator and find out the nearest liquor store grocery store convenience store whatever that's got those delicious breck and rich brews including christmas ale a holiday staple around these parts breck and rich brewery the official beer of dnvr Mm, Mace, let's jump into the comment section and talk to the people. First one coming in from Free Philip Lindsay. Who do you guys think will get Pro Bowl and All Pro honors this year? Pro Bowls feels like a lock for at least one. Simmons feels like he has a good chance, but could be snubbed. Callahan was definitely on track, but with the injury, I'm not sure how his chances are impacted. What do you guys think about the Hall of Fame trajectories of current Broncos, especially as it pertains to these rewards? I'd love to see Justin Simmons get and stay on a Hall of Fame track, but it probably requires making the Pro Bowl and or Pro Bowl pretty much every year he plays, assuming he retires around age 31 to 33. And even then, it might be dicey with the Hall's anti-Bronco bias. Bulls maybe could if he continues at the level this year and retires later. Lindsey and Sutton have Pro Bowl nods, but Lindsey seems unlikely. Will probably always be stuck in a stuck in a timeshare. Thoughts? Well, I mean, a lot of these guys we're talking about. It is way, way, way too early uh, to discuss them in terms of hall, the Hall of Fame trajectory. I mean, Philip Lindsay and Cortland Sutton at those positions, they've got to be pretty dadgum spectacular for quite a while before we're talking about them being. Uh, being on a hall of fame trajectory right now uh justin simmons yeah you, you, he's got to start stacking up some pro bowl and all pro nods here so uh hopefully he'll he'll get his first pro bowl nod and, and get a first team all pro nod uh coming coming up this season but um 
Mace, there's only yeah, Hall one, of Fame. I, there's there's yeah. only one person on the Broncos on a Hall of Fame track right now, and that's Von Miller. Yeah, it's the guy on injured reserve, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, other than that, I there's a there's a lot of work to be done, and then for Pro Bowl and All Pro honors this year, I mean, are we saying second team? I would expect. I would think Garrett Bowles has a chance to be second team all pro second team pro bowler. The problem is for offensive linemen, sometimes the recognition is a year behind their performance. Mm, so right. you have, you know, you, you have uh, someone like David Bakhtiari, for instance, who's having an outstanding year. And uh, even though Garrett Bowles is playing well, I could see a scenario where Bakhtiari is a, is a first team all pro and maybe even Trent Williams is a second team all pro. And then Garrett Bowles misses out on that. I would expect Garrett Bowles to make the pro bowl. I would hope he would from the AFC all pro might be a stretch. I hope Justin Simmons is first team all pro and a pro bowler. I think he absolutely has to be. Yeah. And I actually think Justin Simmons will get his first pro bowl this year. I don't think he'll be snubbed kind of, kind of like Mace is saying, sometimes it, you have to wait a year and Justin waited his year last year. I think he's going to get it this year. Next one coming in from Hawkeye Bronco. Fellas, thanks for getting Broncos country through this season. Hopefully the last month gives us something to look forward to next season. I agree. What should we be looking at during the last month to determine if this team can get back to winning next year? Clearly, Drew's development is paramount. What other areas would you deem as key to determining how soon the turnaround happens? How hot is Vic's seat if the Broncos lose out? Go Broncos and go DNBR. Well, because you're going to get so many guys back next year, presumably, like you know, like Cortland Sutton, if you get the contract thing resolved, uh, like Von Miller at, at, at outside linebacker, you've, you've seen progress from Jerry Judy, for example. Uh, you hope you see progress from Lloyd Cushenberry. Uh, but I think because of what you're getting back from injured reserve next year, potentially, it's all about Drew Locke. That's the variable. That's the question here. Yeah, it's, a, it's all about Drew Locke. Something else I'd like to see is the interior of the offensive line improve uh, from Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, and Graham Glasgow. I'd like to see those guys step up. And then if they, if they do and they show that over the final five games, then we're talking about the Broncos having a really good offensive line going into next year on top of what you hope is a good quarterback situation as well. Yeah, now the other part of the question, how hot is Vic's seat if the Broncos lose out? If the Broncos lose out, I think they'll have to make a change. Yeah, 4-12, and 12, I agree with you, Mace. Yeah, unfortunately, 4-12, and 12, and it would also mean you know, ending the season on a, uh, a six-game losing streak, ending the season going 1-8 and eight in your last nine. Uh, I think that would that would lead to a change. I think the most likely outcome is that the Broncos do win a game or two here the rest of the way and finish, I'd say, two games. And I think they'll finish six and ten. And then you do see some staff changes, but not in the big chair. Yep. Yep. I agree. I totally agree. Next one from Onion Booty Bronco. There's been much talk about bottoms recently, albeit a rocky one, so I thought I'd chime in. What are the Broncos' top five rocky rock bottom moments of the 21st century? Love, onion, booty. Okay, well, I know they've had worse losses, but just given the, the chaos and the hopeless feeling in the game, I think last Sunday was rock bottom. Yeah, that's certainly in the top five moment, that's for sure. And the others... You can rearrange them whichever way you want. Rock bottom moments of the 21st century. I would say the entire weekend in London when you had the video, the illicit videotaping of the 49ers practice going against a bad 49er team and losing. Uh, everything about that weekend was embarrassing, was the Broncos metaphorically soiling themselves <laughs> yeah, in, that in a, really on a bad. weekend that was pretty important to the franchise, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of PR. And it's one reason why the Broncos organization has wanted so badly to go back to London because the, the thought in that building was, you know what, what happened that day, that weekend, that's not us. So you'd say, I'd say the London game, I'd, I'd say the week, I'd say the week before when they lost 59-14 to the Raiders. Yeah, that's uh, one that you have to include. 
And then in recent years, two rock bottom moments were um, the 2017 game against Miami, where you just got drilled in all three phases by a team on a long losing streak. The 2018 game in San Francisco, where they jump out to a three score lead, the 49ers do at halftime uh, because you can't cover George Kittle. And I know this is another, this is a sixth moment, but uh, another rock bottom moment for this team, I thought was, but this was more of a darkness before a dark before the dawn moment was uh, in Buffalo last year with Brandon Allen, when the offense just couldn't move uh, the, the bills just slowly pulled away. And fortunately it led to at least some hope for the future of the following game with Drew Locke coming in. Yeah, I'll throw another one in there. It wasn't rock bottom, but that Giants game uh, on primetime where the Giants had no receivers and the Broncos were actually had a winning record going into that game. That was kind of the the start of the fall of everything. So, uh, yeah, Meiji, you mentioned some good ones, unfortunately. Uh, oh, next- yeah. I mean, un- unfortunately, the uh, the list is long. Uh, we got one here back at the top that we, uh, that we passed. So I'll, I'll read it here from Casper, who says, I have something that's been on my mind. In quarterback, there's a in football. There's a quarterback, a halfback, and a fullback. Why no three quarters back? What gives? <laughs> Great question. I mean, what position would that be? Would that be like a fullback if you're in pistol? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. But the interesting thing is that if you go like by saying a quarterback is a quarter of the way back. A halfback is halfway back, and a fullback is all the way back. Shouldn't the fullback be behind the halfback? Yeah, definitely should be. <laughs> yeah. It's never made any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's a, that's a good question. doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, anyway, moving, moving on. Garrett Bowl says, man, I'm very emotional, but I'm so happy that I got paid. Excited to pancake some more chumps. Anyway. <laughs> There was a Twitter conversation about how John Clayton thinks it's going to be hard for Vic to keep his job if the Broncos get to 10 losses. But Ben Albright said that he highly doubts the team moves on from him. And everything he's heard is that he'll be back in 2021. I believe that Fangio will be back. As I, you know, this is just not working out today. Uh, I believe that Fangio will be back, but what happens that he would get fired? Uh, I think we, we, we touched on it. If the Broncos lose out. Uh, I don't believe Vic will be back. Uh, Mace, what, what about – I agree with you. If it's 6-10, and 10, I think he's back. It means they went 2-3 and three down the stretch. Uh, but what if they go 1-4 and four and the Broncos finish at 5-11? and 11? I think he's back. But I think there are some significant changes. And I would say, you know, for example, um, I think we all know and all suspect that Tom McMahon's seat is warm right now. Yeah, yeah. the things that we've seen if they go one and four down the stretch and I I know this is going to make everyone just say oh god or screw this potentially (laughs) because you were talking about more change but if they go one and four down the stretch I think you might see a new offensive coordinator oh wow yeah yeah so there's two Shermers in the building now you're saying there's going to be none if they go one and four yeah, at that point, it might be like, okay, we got to mash some buttons here to try to figure this, try to figure this thing out. Mason, and, and I agree with you. John Elway is going to give Vic Fangio every single benefit of the doubt, and he is going to take this season into account. Last week, John Elway talked to uh, Phil Milani and, and told him that Vic is doing a tremendous job. So just think about that. John, with all the circumstances – uh, with five, six games left, says Vic is doing a tremendous job. Now, I know some big things happened last week that could affect that, but I think things would really have to fall off the rails for John to completely flip and say we're going in a different direction. He wants to keep Vic for a third season. Yeah, and the other thing that's just looming over this whole thing is uh, is ownership and the, and the future direction of the Broncos. I mean, can't – if you did make a change, and again, I think it would take something extreme. I think, personally, I think if, if the Broncos go 1-4 and four the rest of the way and go 5-11, and 11, I think Vic Fangio is still back. But if they decide, okay, 5-11 and 11 is the point at which we say we're going in another direction, who's taking this job, realistically, <laughs> with, a, with a GM who's in the last year of his contract, uh, the ownership situation still hazy. 
We uh, talked about the trial, of course, uh, regarding the validity of the trust that will begin in Arapahoe County Court on July the 12th of next year. Honestly, if you make a change in this environment, Zach, I would expect prop that the uh, the next coach would be Mike Munchak. Yeah, because I don't know be. that you I don't know that you would do uh, better on the market. And look, Mike Munchak has done an excellent job, and he's and he's been a head coach. And that's the and and that's the that's the only thing I could see if the Bron- if the Broncos do make a change, I think Munchak would be the favorite to get the job. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Mace. And Mace, we need some fun in Broncos country, and I've got something fun for you guys to do this weekend, and that is joining our Elf on the Shelf shootout at Pebble Beach on WGT Golf. Starting this Friday through Sunday, we're hosting the Elf on the Shelf shootout at Pebble Beach on WGT Golf. So here's how you can participate. Go in to WGT Golf. Go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf and join the DNVR4 Country Club. That's DNVR and the number four next to it. And if you haven't played, head to Pebble Beach Golf Course and enter into the closest to the hole challenge. Once you do it, submit your screenshot on our pinned Twitter thread at DNVR Sports or email them to info at the DNVR for your chance to win a DNVR shirt of your choice and a mask and we'll ship it to you and you don't just have to win the tournament in order to get these prizes we're picking one random person who plays every single week we'll be doing a tournament like this all the way up to christmas so make sure to go to wgt join our dnvr for country club and get in on the elf on the shelf shootout at pebble beach and make sure to 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 Take a screenshot and email it to info at the DNVR or put it on our Twitter thread at DNVR Sports for your chance to win. Yeah. Ah, I love that. The Elf on the Shelf shootout. What could be more fun? We've got the Elf on the Shelf in our house too, although we have a little box. The Elf on the Shelf is currently quarantining. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then I imagine the Elf is, that it is going to reach and uh, put on a mask. Ah, so very 2020. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, 2020 or any year, you want to make sure you have good, clean teeth. And there's no better place to take care of your teeth than at Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood, a uh, family-owned dentist. And, of course, they always want you to know the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They love Colorado sports. We've had some of our listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental over the years and make them their permanent family dentists, and they have all reached out and let us know how great their experience was, and they thank us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. Our sales director, Lindsay, had her wisdom teeth removed at Green Mountain Dental, said it was literally the best dental experience of her life. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. So if you go there, tag us, and then when you go and let them know how the DNVR community can support its biggest supporters, they'll treat you like family, they show us love, show them some love. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group, only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. And of course, they always want you to know that the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. All right, Mace, a little speed round of questions coming at you from 49th State Bronco. Guys, it's been a long time since I've commented, but, but the bowl situation really got me thinking. I haven't finished today's pod, so forgive me if I'm repeating thoughts already shared. I think there's a good lesson in Gumball's effective uh, trajectory. This man was the worst tackle since dinosaurs roamed the earth just one year ago. With some perseverance and patience on the part of the Broncos and hard work on his part, he has developed into the player we have now. Don't get me wrong. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous about the signing. And he still has a long way to go to prove he can keep this up. But there is no denying that he has grown, learned from mistakes, and come out from the other end better for it. We should look at Locke and the rest of our young offense through the same lens and be patient. There's no guarantee that it will work out as well uh, as Bulls. But if he has, but if we kept cutting bait when we don't get instant success, we are doomed to keep repeating the last four years. We are pretty low right now, but I look around the league and we aren't even close to rock bottom. And oh yeah, I still think AK, Alaska water is better than Denver water. I want a recount. <laughs> Well, no offense to Denver water, but I would hope Alaska water would be better than Denver water. Water, we, just because of uh, <laughs> you know it's sparsely populated. You'd think it'd be fresher up there. 
We, uh, Ryan and I, a couple of years ago, did a blind taste test uh, on Alaska water that was sent to us from, from our guy. And uh, the blind taste test revealed that Denver water was better. Okay. Is that a fair comparison, though? Because Alaska water has, was shipped. Maybe, yeah. I mean, who for, knows? Maybe the shipping process ruined it. You got Denver water right from the tap, right? Yep, exactly. Got it from the tap. Okay. Okay, yeah. So I'm, I, I'm not quite sure about that. I call. I, I wouldn't say I call for a recount. I'm just saying that I look at the results a little bit askance. Wow, and uh, there we go. Good point, yeah, good good points. Forty ninth Bronco on patience for the offense. Uh, for the offense, the problem is Garrett Bowles and this revival in year four. This is the exception to the rule, guys. If they usually uh, start off heading in in a direction. More often than not, they're not going to have a dramatic turnaround like Garrett Bowles. So, like, if Drew Locke can't really get it going over the next five games, I don't think they should just simply stick with him without having some other viable option of waiting in the bullpen, so to speak, because, uh, as we mentioned earlier in this podcast, the trend lines for quarterbacks who were headed in similar directions, uh, they're, not, they're not in Drew Locke's favor. Yeah, no, they're not. And you're not going to wait three years for a quarterback to develop uh, anymore. That may have happened in the past, but that's just not 2020. Uh, and also with Bulls, they saw flashes of it. Uh, and so they would have to see consistent flashes from Drew in order to be able to stick with him. Next one exactly. from Dan Burke. Hey, guys, who do you think is in a better position moving forward, the Eagles or the Broncos? Both teams have fallen from grace since their Super Bowl wins, but putting my Broncos fandom aside, I'd say the Broncos are in better shape. They have a better overall roster, including a much better young core, and aren't tied financially to their underperforming quarterback, aren't in cap hell moving forward, and there is a visible power or the, and there isn't a visible power structure between their coaching staff and front office. It was funny that Ian Rappaport, who's friends with Howie Roseman, reported that Jalen Hurts was going to play significant snaps for Seattle, and then Doug refused to play him outside of one pass. A couple things the Eagles have in their favor are being in a weak division moving forward and having ownership in their favor. What do y'all think? Also, shout out Will Parks. Bring him back. I agree on Will Parks. Bring him back. 100%. Me too. That, that, Me too. That should be an easy move for a lot of reasons. That being said, you said at the end – that the Eagles have a weak division moving forward and ownership. And those two things basically trump all the rest of it for me to where, yeah, the Broncos probably have a better young core, even though uh, there are questions about the quarterback, but I'm taking the Eagles situation all day. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That is, that is tough. In terms of an owner, a full organization, yeah, you probably do take the Eagles because of what you said, Mace. But in terms of the team, boy, not being stuck to a young, struggling quarterback is big. So I would take the Broncos players, but the Eagles organization. Right. Now, of course, that's where if the team gets sold and, or uh, stays with, with the Bowens but passes to Brittany Bowen and whether it's Brittany Bowen or a new owner, if they have a, if they have a quality situation there, then definitely the scales tip toward the Broncos, even though they're in the same division with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, there, there, there's, there's a lot to that orange and blue Aussie hoping that drew can pull some late season magic, but not holding much faith. If he's not the guy. We must then we must get a top ten pick and might have to move up to secure our next starter. We can take some retread again. Flacco versus two isn't going to work. So if the Broncos lose out and end up at four and twelve, we need to cheer for teams that are likely to take quarterbacks to win. And there are seventeen games between teams with losing records left on the schedule so far. Here are the teams' draft positions ranked now and games left with teams with losing record. Number one, Jets, one game, Pats. We'll be 0-16. We'll draft a quarterback. Two, Jacksonville. Two, Vikings and Bears. Likely one in 15. We'll draft a quarterback. Bengals, two games. No need for a quarterback. Four, D Dallas, four games. No need for a quarterback unless Jerry is nuts and doesn't pay Dak. He is nuts, though. <laughs> Five, Chargers, three games. No need for a quarterback. Six, Eagles, two games. Drafted Jalen Hurts and play paying huge to Carson Wentz. No QB drafted. Seven, Carolina, two games. 
unlikely a draft quarterback, but possible. Eight, Washington. They have three games against the Eagles, Panthers, and 49ers. They will draft a quarterback. Nine, Detroit, two games. May draft quarterback, but unlikely. $19 million in dead money if Stafford is traded. Ten, Atlanta, one game against the Chargers. Unlikely a draft quarterback, $49 million in dead money if Ryan is traded. Eleven, Houston, Miami belongs to that. Miami has that pick via trade. No quarterback needed. Twelve, Denver, ends up in the five to eight range and might consider trading to three or four to lock in Zach Wilson. With a win, we have no chance at Wilson that it's Lance or no quarterback unless a trade down. With two wins, maybe Lance or Trask. With five wins, Broncos make playoffs, upset the Chiefs, Steelers, and win the Super Bowl. With Kendall Hinton as MVP with four touchdowns and 200 yards receiving and a passing touchdown. Uh, well, put your money on that right now because that'll get good odds. It just probably won't likely cash out for you. Um, yeah, yeah and, and that that's a very good exercise to see just there are a lot of places to be able to trade up in the draft if you want that third quarterback. There are, and uh, I would say this. If you've decided that Zach Wilson is the guy, whether you're picking eighth or picking 12th or 10th, then – I think you need to talk about going up to three or four to make sure that you get them. Now yeah. think of it, even though it didn't work out, what the Jets did to try to guarantee themselves Sam Darnold. They made a preemptive strike. So if, if the Broncos love Zach Wilson and decide he's going to be their guy, the Broncos need to make a preemptive strike, even though it may feel like an overpay. Yeah, he, he's got a winning name, I'll tell you that. Oh, but he doesn't <laughs> spell it the same way as you. Yeah, he, he spells has the it, H on the end. Yeah, he spells it wrong, unfortunately. That's a bummer. Zach. Zach Wilson. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Von Miller's Chicken Farm. Howdy, gents. Piggybacking off your comments about Drew playing well this week, if he pulls out the upset and plays well, 60-plus percent completion, three touchdowns, one interception, does that give him the benefit of the doubt going into next season if he plays well enough down the stretch? Thanks for the pod, as always. Well, Von Miller's Chicken Farm, I'm sure you really enjoyed the first segment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if he beats the Chiefs this week, three touchdowns, one pick, and then continues that play, three touchdowns, one pick uh, over the final four games, the Broncos probably do go four and one, then that is the sort of spectacular that I'm talking about where he is the guy going into next year. Uh, just the odds of that happening are, are incredibly slim, in my opinion. I, I would agree on that. But yeah, it, if it turns around, probably starts in going back to his hometown in Kansas City and having a big game that stuns everybody. Yellow Mustard, how's it going, guys? I'm happy to say Garrett Bowles' performance in contract extension finally forced me to stop calling him by his nickname. From here on out, he is the GB zone. You guys have been pretty adamant over the past few years as of either the Broncos should have taken Ryan Ramchek over the GB zone that draft. I wonder if his performance this season has done enough to completely turn that statement on its head or if you still have more faith in Ramchek. Well, I mean, when we talk about it like like this with the big sample size, yeah, I mean, if someone were to say you get one of these guys moving forward, I'm taking Ryan Ramschek because he's been way more consistent. Um, but I still stick with what we said yesterday, Mace, in terms of that the Broncos could have got a really good deal on this Bulls contract. Uh, they could have. and the, But that being said, if it's one or the other, one reason why I'm going with Ryan Ramschek beyond the fact that he's been consistent is that He's two years younger than Garrett Bowles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's hard to ignore. That's for sure. So you're going to get two yeah. more years of prime play. Broncos girl, seven, two, three. Hey y'all long time since I checked in. Yeah, we're, we missed you, but I couldn't resist after the Santa Maria tri tip talk. Say that 10 times fast. No, thank you. That is where I was at when I left California. It's been a long time, 10 years, but uh, McClinton's in Eroy Grande or Joko's. Or Oroqueo uh, or Jokos uh, were always my favorites. Taking into consideration, they make it through COVID. Still haven't had a cigarette. Been 16 months. Right on. Nothing Broncos related. Anything I have to say would include sentence enhancing words, not for the pod. Love you, fam. Stay safe and healthy. So happy you checked in, Broncos girl. Yeah, good to hear from you. And uh, you know what? I think there are a lot of sentencing enhancing words, expletives that uh, uh, could be used to describe the Broncos in the recent years. I can't blame you. Yeah. DK. My boys. Yesterday, you guys asked if my name was DK because of DK Metcalf, 
And while DK is a beast, I just so happen to have the same initials and live in the same area. I actually despise the Seahawks because I moved to Seattle in the summer before Super Bowl 48, and I got it bad from all my coworkers after that game. And while it's calmed down a bit I, since, I still get the occasional 43-8, to eight, and it all just really sours any interest in them whatsoever. Question. It's been exactly one year and a day since Drew Locke's first start, which I was lucky enough to attend. How have your feelings changed about Locke from then to now? And how do you think the Broncos' feelings of him have changed in the past year? Ah, well, again, you'll, you would have loved the first segment. But in terms of how they changed over the past 366 days, I guess we had a leap year. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, Mace, I, I do think that I've calmed down on Drew because I was really, really high on him because I loved him in the draft, loved that the Broncos got him in the second round. Uh, and of course was very high on him after those five games, but it's just hard to ignore the the sample size that he's had this year. Yeah. I mean, I know I was more skeptical than, yeah. than you guys. Um, unfortunately for, for Drew Locke, I feel like my skepticism has been founded because something that I know I've said last year and uh, I'll say it again, good and bad, everything that he's shown was on the tape at Mizzou. Right. Right. And, and it just it seemed like just, he turned that around last year and then it's it's come back up this year. Yeah. I just wonder if this is who he is. Right. And who yeah. will be. Yeah. Well, and maybe he'll prove us wrong, which would be great for the Broncos. And Mace final two coming in from Big Tony. My boys, random thought. Do you think the fact that the Broncos weren't allowing any fans to attend Sunday's game was a factor that went into the NFL's decision to force the Broncos to play? I can only imagine what the uproar from fans would have been if they had spent their hard-earned money but ended up having to watch that ship show. Does the NFL have a refund policy on tickets? Mm. I mean, they have a refund if the game doesn't happen, but uh, if the game happens, no matter who's playing in the game, then uh, there's no refund policy. Actually, the funny thing is, Zach, I think that um, I think it would have been less likely they moved the game if they had fans in the stands. Right. The, the fact that there were no fans in the stands meant that you didn't have to consider the interests of anybody who had tickets and, and, and up and, and rearranging things that you could just play the game whenever. To me, that was another reason to, to punt the game to Tuesday right. or beyond. Yeah, yeah. And, and he goes on and says, one more question. Hypothetically, let's say we end up moving on from Drew after the season. What compensation do you think that Detroit would be looking for in return for Stafford? In the case that we did somehow land him, how would his cap number in 2021, $35 million, factor into how, how we'd go about re-signing or letting certain players uh, who are free agents this season leave or stay? Shelby Harris, Justin Simmons, etc. Also, what did Mace mean when he mentioned something about the Broncos choosing to take the $7 million, $7 million cap toward this year versus rolling it over next year? I'm assuming this was related to Bulls extension, but I'm a bit confused. Well, it's real simple because you're allowed to carry over any excess space in the salary cap, any room to the following year. So if you've got, for example, $25 million of cap space, you can carry that over to next, to next year. So if you have, let's say you say we're going to give Garrett Bowles a $7 million right now. So you cut into your cap space this year, and you, you cut into your cap space this year, and so let's say you had $25 million of space to, to roll over. Then you have $18 million to roll over. And then if, if you say we're going to put Garrett Bowles' stuff on next year, you, you roll all $25 million, but then you take the $7 million out of that, and then effectively you're still rolling $18 million over. It's something we discussed with Joe Flacco's contract when the Broncos had that restructure uh, to, uh, to create some more space last year. But like we said then, it didn't change anything in the accounting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, it's not something you have to worry about at all. Big Tony. Right. And man, $35 million for Stafford would be a ton, but if, if you think he's a quarterback, then, then you do it. Mace, what would the Broncos have to trade to get him? At least a first round pick. And actually, I mean, Stafford's going to year 13, but he ought to have another, four to six good years in him given how quarterbacks age and uh, how they can remain productive well into their late thirties and even in the, into their early forties. So I would say with Matthew Stafford, it's a, it's a one in a, a significant player. 
Yeah, I agree. And that one is going to be a high pick from the Broncos this year. So uh, it, it would take it would take a lot. But man, if that's your quarterback, that is what you do. Guys, before we get out of here, got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Like Mace said, we've had so many people go to Green Mountain Dental because of hearing them through us. And they've just told us excellent things about how well they treat them, including our sales director, Lindsay. She had her wisdom teeth removed this year, said it was the best dental experience of her life. And the dentist even followed up with her a few days after to make sure she was doing okay, because that's what families do. And over at Green Mountain Dental, they are a family. And when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental. Doesn't get any better than that. You can go talk sports with them as they're extreme Colorado sports fans, and they've been part of the DNVR family for years and years going back to the BSN days. So make sure to check them out. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. And of course, make sure to schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam to receive that free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, that'll do it for us today. Mace, thank you so much for rolling with me today. Loved our conversation today. And of course, love talking to all of you guys. We'll be back tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast to get into the Kansas City Chiefs and how the Broncos can pull off the huge upset on national TV on Sunday night football this week. But hey, enjoy some Wednesday afternoon football today. We'll be back with you on the DNBR Broncos podcast tomorrow.